You are now listening to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast. Season 2, new intro, let the story begin. One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin. Hold me down. Yeah. Welcome to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast, and I'm your host, Greg E. Hill, the Culture Change Agent. On this show, we interview young, successful minorities in a variety of fields to educate, empower, and inspire our current and future generation leaders. And man, as, as y'all always know, I got a show for you today. This is season two of the podcast. You know I'm excited. And if you're an entrepreneur, you're in public relations, or you just like great conversations, then I got a show for you. All right. Today's featured guest is a graduate of Morgan State University, a full-time entrepreneur, owner of a very own public relations company, as well as the creator of Women Who Hustle. She started a public relations company about nine years ago and has worked with some of the top talent in music and film, including Spike Lee. I'm talking T.I., Meek Mills, Big Boy, Tika Sumter, Marsha Ambrosius, and many more. I mean, she is passionate about motivating others, especially, especially our women, and assisting those in finding out what their purpose is in life. I mean, she currently works with entertainment and lifestyle blogger KMWExclusive.com, Miss Black USA, R&B artist Ellis Lambert, woman entrepreneur Latanya Taylor, author and life coach Teresa Murphy, and handles PR consulting with new artists and small businesses. I don't even know. That's that's a lot of people she manages working with. It's crazy. And in, two, in September 2015, she's gained the title of VP of Marketing for the Women Alliance and Media, the D.C. chapter and became an author, an author of the PR puzzle in November 2015. So without further ado, I would like to introduce my sister, my black girl. Man, I'm talking about, mm, I'm excited. Y'all know I'm excited. Candace Nicole to the Minority Trailblazer podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Wow, what an introduction. Not to wow. You. It's your introduction. So, hey, this, this ain't nothing new. And honestly, I looked at your website. It, you have uh, many more pages and pages of stuff. So, I'm glad you sent me the bridge copy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said, let me send over this short bio because it really narrows down, you know, specifically who I'm working with right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and some of the, you know, the accolades, because it is a, a long list, you know, nine years. So. <laughs> nine years in the game, man. So we just going to jump right into it. So if you're new to this show, our show is broken up into three parts. We talk about the past, the past of our guests, kind of who who makes them, because a lot of the guests we bring in our show, they have their own audience, they have their own niche, but we want to share with our audience and honestly, their own niche 
kind of who they really are. Then the next portion, we have the present sound and kind of see what are they doing? What does a daylight look for them? Um, and all that good stuff, as well as we give actionable advice that you, you, the listener, can take and apply to your everyday life. And in the last round, we talk about the future because, I mean, I'm a big proponent of, of course, you got to stay in the moment, but you also got to plan for the future. So that's a big thing. And the last, the last, the final round. The most exciting round is the culture change rapid fire round where we ask a series of five questions and pick the audience brain. So um, y'all know, y'all know me. Season one, I'm a huge quote guy. I wake up every morning at 3.30 or 4.30 a.m. and I send quotes out to over 100 people. So as we started off, please, Candace, can you share with us a quote, your favorite quote, and share also a story on how you apply that quote to your everyday life? Okay, so that's a great question because I actually love quotes all the time. I make memes of quotes that I come up with or I either find on Instagram or Pinterest or even Facebook. Um, And I actually, I will share a quote that I'm really applying to, to my life like right now, like in this very moment. Let's just say this week, right? Mm-hmm. Um because there's always so much stuff that's that's going on in my life. Um, but I found this quote and I shared it with uh, with my network the other day. It's by Oprah Winfrey. All hail Mama Oprah. <laughs> She's <laughs> amazing. I think a lot of people look at her as like a, a mentor in their head. Um, but the quote is, you get in life what you have the courage to ask for. Um, that's a big one. I, let me just... I'll say it again for for anyone that might have missed it. You get in life what you have the courage to ask for. Mm. Um, In a nutshell for me, that really just means a closed mouth does not get fed. Mm -hmm. And if you expect something to, to come into your life, you have to speak up. You have to use your voice. You have to have that courage deep down and Dig up that courage. That is that is there. I know some people are shy, but it's there. Pray about it, and it, and it will come out. Um, because no one knows what you want unless you do open up your mouth, mm-hmm. right, and use that courage to speak up about what you want. Mm-hmm. And a story that will go behind that is, um, I would just say, of what I have put out in the universe recently. Um, I'm a huge um, a believer of you have to put certain things out in the universe because you never know who may be, who may be able to assist mm. you on making that happen, mm-hmm. right? And why should I keep it all in my head? No one knows <laughs> what I want. Or <laughs> in conversation with my mom or my friends or whatever, and I um, share with my mom that you know, mommy, I want to one day uh, arrive at the airport and my name is going to be on that, you know, on the, um, on the piece of paper and it's going to yeah. have my name on it. I used to see all those black cars. You're like, when they like, dude, ooh, right. ooh, how cool, little, how much that cost? Like where they, where they come from? Like, what do they do? Where are they going? Yeah, exactly. And you know, that means that you have a, you know, private car service that's set up for you. And I said, there's, there should be no reason why I don't have that. I, I want that in my life. <laughs> and it, it so happened <laughs> that that actually happened about, I guess, last week I was in L.A. And um, actually Warner Brothers, they're phenomenal. Um, they provided car service for my client and I. And here I am. I get off, you know, off the plane and I go to the baggage claim area. And there is, you know, a man wow. standing there. 
standing there. His name was uh, Alejandro, and it says Candace Nicole. And I said, please don't throw that away. I said, I'm having a little moment. I said, I definitely want to take a picture of it. I didn't care if how anyone thought about it because that was a personal moment for me mm-hmm. of of seeing my first and my middle name as people, you know, know, know me as Candace Nicole on that card um, because we had this Mercedes Benz um, waiting for us, private car service. Um, so how, how you tie that back into the quote Mm-hmm. Is that I truly believe if I was not vocal about what I saw in my vision, that may not have had come true. So basically have the courage, talk about what you want, put it out there in the universe and it will happen. Mm-hmm. It's inevitable. It will. I love it. I love it. I love it. Of course. And we're going to get into it. It, it. it can happen. But, you know, you you know about that hard work, that grind, that hustle, that PR life. So you can. Yes. You know, yeah. So we're going to get into that grit. So for all <laughs> so for for people that even um, if you could share behind Candace Nicole, the PR, the nine years in the game, you work with some of the greats in music and film and a lot of different arenas. Take us like take us back to to where it all started. Take us to can you walk us through kind of who you are before all this and share with us a little bit about your journey? Sure. Let's see. Um, how far do you want me to go back? I mean, yeah, you can start <laughs> kind of where you were born and maybe some highlights, but you don't got to mm-hmm. take us from like zero to to. I'm just gonna say it twenty five. If we got you, got to right. take us all there. But you can just hit hit the highlights. Okay, well, I guess I'll, I'll take you guys. Um, okay, so born in D.C., raised in Montgomery County. Um, did all, you know, my, my school, you know, elementary, middle, high school in Montgomery County. Was phenomenal experience in school. If I could go back to have a week in high school, I would do it, even you at this that? age too. Yeah, I, I loved it. Like, what, I loved what, it. Would you, what would you specifically want to do in a high school bank? I'm interested. Like, what? what? Um, it was just, Going about my free life. The carefree is <laughs> like there's say. no bills, there's no nothing. You just live exactly, uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I had amazing friends. Um, my my classes were great. I liked my teachers, and I had a great time. I hear so many horrible stories that people are like, "Oh, I hated high school. It was the worst experience, worst four years of my life." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Wow, really?" I absolutely loved my high school (laughs) um but i'm taking you back there because i always said that i wanted to be in in entertainment Mm -hmm. um, but i just didn't know in what what capacity i just Mm -hmm. i knew i loved the glitz and the glamour um i just didn't know what capacity Mm -hmm. so i'll just leave that there I, i knew that i would be in the entertainment industry i just didn't know how i would be in the entertainment industry what i would do mm-hmm. and um you know graduated um high school and then i uh, went to morgan state university mm-hmm. hbcu uh, in baltimore maryland and actually started off as a photographic media major mm-hmm. um i took some photography classes uh black and white in um in high school fell in love with it head over heels had my own camera did mm-hmm. the art shows i loved it and i wanted to be this I figured out, you know what? This is how I'm going to be in the uh, entertainment industry. I'm going to be a celebrity photographer. Uh-huh. And, you know, my niche was just going to be black and white. So okay. At the time, <laughs> uh-huh. people were, you know, getting into like the digital side of cameras. And for the longest, I was like, nope, 
I want my manual camera. I want to have to fix the lighting on there, my shutter speed. I didn't want anything to do with a like a digital camera, to be honest with you. And um, quickly got into that major and saw that I had to take too many art classes. I'm definitely a lover of art, but I'm not the best drawer. And you had to take a lot of those classes. I just wanted to be pointed in the direction of a black room so I could develop my... Um, my pictures, but it wasn't going to be like that. So I went back to the catalog and I said, okay, let's do communications. And I said, oh, let's do public relations. I can do that in a lot of different areas. If it was hospitality, music, um, if I want to do politics, it would be public affairs. I could mm-hmm. do it wherever. And it just so happened that was my passion. I found my passion. It was my second second semester, I'm going to say, at mm-hmm. Morgan um, as a freshman. Uh, that's why I found my passion and just, I graduated in 2007 and I just started my company. <laughs> it was, I didn't look up. Like um, right, right after you graduated. Yeah. Yeah. I graduated in May, 2007. I started my business in June and um, my uh, friend from high school, she was a singer mm-hmm. and we decided we were going to go to love nightclub. Uh, anyone that's tuning in in the D.C. area who traveled to D.C. before uh-huh. to love nightclub. Yeah. Um, I said, OK. Oh, and then at the, between that time, I was waiting to graduate because Morgan didn't have a winter graduation. I was promoting. So mm-hmm. I was a promoter. So, you know, I could get us into all the happening parties, knew mm-hmm. the club owners, managers and so on. And so I said, OK, so DMX was in town. I said, all right, we're going to go to love. And I said, you're the singer and I'm your publicist. That's mm-hmm. exactly what I said to her. And we just, we kind of worked the room. People are like, oh, so what do you ladies do? She's like, oh, I'm a singer and this is my publicist. Oh, okay, great. And you saw just automatically how people would react to you. Mm-hmm. And that was like the birth of Candace Nicole Public Relations. And so I did not have a blueprint mm-hmm. of exactly how to start my business. I'm not going to say that you should just up and start a business. Absolutely not. However, I would not do it any other way for me because that is how I did find my footing and exactly how I needed to to operate, you know, my business. And here we are today, nine nine years in. It's a lot of hard work, uh, word of mouth. Um, of course, we didn't even have Instagram or yeah, it was it was that was the old school day. Like you, you, yeah. you had to just go out here and and get it. No, you know what it was? It was MySpace. I got my first like big gig through MySpace uh-huh. because for some reason in my head, I said, before I, you know, turn 25, I need to have like this big gig. I don't know why. But what's a, inside note, what's a big gig for a PR person? Like, um, well, it depends on who, you, who you're talking to. For me, mm-hmm, for you. at that time was working with celebrities. Okay. So, of course, I'm like, how am I going to make this happen? And... You know, of course, I guess I put my information on MySpace about what I did. This woman by the name of Carla Truitt, who I would probably say she's probably one of my first uh, mentors. Um, She's based in the D.C. area. She messaged me and said, hey, she said, I just saw, you know, your your profile. I want you to handle the um, the PR for R&B Live D.C. And I was like, whoa, what? Mm. And that was like my first time writing a press release outside of the like the classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was just like phenomenal. And I, through there, worked with Marsha Ambrosius, Howard, Howard Hewitt, 
Um, we had the late great Chuck Brown perform at R&B Live DC. Mm-hmm. Donnell Jones, Case. I mean, it was it that's, was amazing. Oh man, that's man. For, even from that that the snippet of that, it is so many jewels to pick out of that. And I, I guess the, a couple I wanted to speak on is one. And I preach it, and I can't preach enough. You started where you're at. You like your friend. She was a singer. You said, "Hey, I'm your publicist." You, there was no, "Okay, I want to be the publicist. Let me reach out to all these big celebrities and and try yeah, to no. make it that way." You said, "No, okay, no. We're gonna go to this club. I'm gonna be your publicist, and we just gonna make it happen." And yep. and that is that is key. And the second key that I loved it just that, that, that the art of networking and I want you to to quickly talk on it real quick because I know I can I can preach on it all day but when you say when you're working the room and how, how like say okay you went to some a spot with with the your client and there's a lot of people in the room you don't know what are the first three things you do uh well first I know for me mm-hmm. uh when I walk into a space and like say I don't know anyone I I start to just look around the room mm-hmm. and sometimes you can pick up on the people of, cause sometimes you don't want to waste, you don't want to waste, waste your time of speaking to anyone. Right. Mm-hmm. No one likes their, their time to be wasted. Mm-hmm. So for me, I kind of look over the room. I see who's talking to who, who looks like they're kind of really engaged in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time if I already decided to go, I may know kind of who is kind of hosting mm-hmm. the event. So I want to know who is talking to them. Who are they talking to? Mm. Um, so then I just, I observe a lot, basically. Mm. <laughs> I observe before I go in and, and introduce myself. Gotcha. So and then you just decide who, who you want to, who you want to network with. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people are looking for like this sort of like a blueprint of networking. Um, but I know what has worked for me is observing individuals. Mm-hmm. And um, and sometimes you have to observe the people who may be kind of in the corner, kind of to themselves, where they're also observing, too. <laughs> and and then, you know, approach them. And then usually those are the people and you're like, wow, I'm so glad I approached them and introduced myself um, to them because, you know, those are like the, the movers and the shakers. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because I look at it that when you're networking, it's impossible to meet every single person in the room. Mm-hmm. So you have to number one go in there um, with the game plan. And if you do decide to go to a networking event and it's hosted by Treehouse Productions, do some do some homework on Treehouse Productions. Mm-hmm. See if you can find the pictures of the owners of who the host is going to be. Right. So you already know, like, well, number one, I need to meet them because they put this together. Then I need to meet the host because they are hosting it um, at the venue. Maybe look to see who is the events person at, at the venue itself. Meet that person as well, uh, because those are like the key people that you do need to network with. Mm, yeah. And you, you say it like that. And you can take it a step further. Like any event nowadays with social media, there's usually hashtags. So you can yes. look at hashtags and see, OK, who's attending what and then do next level type of type of research because there should never be a point. I mean, if somebody has an event, right, a lot of times you can see who's going from that. And then once you get that, mm-hmm. you can go online and Google like, but even before I inter- interviewed you, I, I kind of already knew the story about you start all black and white celebrity. Photography. I kind of, you just got to really take that next step on your own to do that research. Do so you do your due diligence upon that? So that is, I, I love that. That's huge. And mm-hmm. 
question because I see on 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 your bio and whatnot, you also have a lot of experience. Um, I know, of course, as an entrepreneur, but also working and interning under some some people. So, could you explain to your audience when you graduated? Did you just start off full time entrepreneur, or did you work as well? Oh no, I I definitely um I definitely had a nine to five. My first job out of college was working at BET. I was in the um the traffic department. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another um, situation where that quote that I said earlier with Oprah about having the courage, mm-hmm. you get what you want that you have the courage to ask for, is where I put it out in the universe for years, even when I was young, when in D.C., because, you know, that's where BET is headquartered still, mm-hmm. going down New York Avenue and looking at the glass building, because it is a glass building, and saying, one day I'm going to be in there. Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, it worked that my auntie, uh, you know, she was working there. She was the director uh, at the time. I had a great friend, Anwa, who um, I graduated. He graduated a year before me at Morgan. He was there. And then I also had my uncle's really good friend used to work in that same department. Mm. So it was a blessing that I did have people putting in, you know, um, great nuggets about me to the director. But that is something that I put out in the universe. Yeah. I said, I don't know I'm going to get into that building. But I'm going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that was my that was my first job, uh, traffic department. For for anyone that doesn't know about traffic, it's not like traffic with the cars. It's traffic <laughs> car as because I was uh, like, BT had a traffic department. Like, what do you do that? Right, right, right. Yeah, no, it's um with the commercials oh, um, okay. that you, that you see on on the TV. So I handled. I was a um a copy coordinator. So I worked with all of the um advertising agencies they sent over um the creative that we needed to input into the system so the coca-cola commercial would air when it's supposed to air Mm -hmm. um so at the time it was very nerve-wracking i still to this day don't really watch tv the same as anyone else because i know how commercials are supposed to air if they're cut short or they start out a certain way that's looked upon as a discrepancy. Mm-hmm. And um, you have to worry about the client saying, I want my money back. Or you have to do some free spots for me. It's a lot of different things. And they go into working, it. So, working on the award shows, you have millions of dollars that you are in charge of. Because um, uh, the awards are, you know, that's a, a high paying show mm-hmm. where some spots are like $200,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you they're like, oh my good, hey, every second counts. So yes, literally it does. So yeah, so that was my first job. So yeah, no, that was I did not start out as an entrepreneur. I don't even think at that time actually when I started the business, if I even knew right that I could do this full time. Mm. I don't even think that was um, on my radar actually. So you were working while you were working. Yes, and that was a a hustle. As I'm doing my 40 hours a week, you know, Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, now I, <clears throat> I was doing data entry, so and I was working off of two computer screens, so I was able to still kind of like work throughout the day on my <laughs> on my PR <laughs> business. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, you have to look at it. I was doing like my 40 hours a week, um, and then going home or mm-hmm. leaving there, bringing my clothes to work, and changing, and then going to events, mm-hmm. and then getting home at 11 midnight. And I still need to do client work. I still need to check, you know, business emails and then getting up and doing it all over again. Um, that's that's so crazy. Yeah, it's, that's... it's a hustle. But you know what? If you're, you know, you're determined, you're passionate, you just do it and you don't think about it. 
That's real. So what was the last straw or, or what was the tipping point when 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 you were in the game? And you said, let me jump out and do this full time. And the reason I ask is a lot of people that are listening, they're probably at the verge. They got some they got a corporate job or they're teaching or it's something that is OK. They like to do, but they know they have a passion. They've been putting in a lot of time and effort and they're scared to make the leap. So for you and your situation, what was the moment that you said, okay, I, I, I got to do this on my own and you, mm-hmm. and you started your own business full time? Um, I have to, I have to credit that to, um, to God actually. Mm-hmm. And it's because I fully believe that it's because, uh, 2014 was like one of the, like, I, I guess you could say I kind of like hit rock bottom. Mm, I was just gonna get there, but yo, go ahead, take us there. Get take us there. What is that? Okay. Yeah. yeah, this is where it gets exciting. Um, and I was I was thirty, mm. and I you know I was just like, what in the world? Like I'm thirty. I was excited about turning thirty, and uh, you know all this drama was going on, and I'm just like, this is stuff that should have happened like in my twenties. That's how I looked at it. Mm-hmm. And I said, why is this happening? You know, as I turned thirty, um. But you know what? He he knocked me down of where it wasn't a negative knockdown. At the time, I thought it was. But now looking back, he was doing that for my own good. And I believe that he wanted me to make my way back to him, mm-hmm. make my way back to, to faith. Um, and it's because he was going to take me <laughs> on this journey of becoming a full-time entrepreneur. And I'm a believer that you cannot be a full-time entrepreneur and not have faith. That doesn't make mm. any any sense to me because every month, you know, since I left my job at Fox, I've been able to pay my rent on time, okay? And when I was in that nine to five, I was always late with my rent. That's wow. So you have to think about that. Mm-hmm. And that was money that I knew every two weeks was going to be in my account. Mm-hmm. Really, at like the twelve oh one, it was it was in there that you know Thursday, you know, oh, literally twelve oh one Friday, mm-hmm. the money was in there, mm-hmm. um, and I was always late for my rent. I got those notices on my doors. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a very open individual. I'm very transparent. I'm not trying to uh, cookie cutter, you know, anything. That's what it was. I had notices on my door. Um, sometimes I had to call the court and tell them what was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mama was, you know, trying to help me where she could. And I was in a job where every two weeks I had had money. Mm-hmm. But it still it just was not it just was not adding up. Mm-hmm. And since leaving, I've been able to pay my rent on time. And so what I guess the question was that what was like the last straw? Yeah, like when, when, and when mm-hmm. it was um well, number one, I didn't um Really didn't care for my director. Mm-hmm. Thought she was a very bitter woman. And um, to be honest with you, I didn't know she had a issue with black folks or if I don't know. She just was bitter. Mm-hmm. She just was bitter. And um, it was to me for me because I'm the bubbly, almost like flower child type of individual. Um, it was a toxic situation for me. Mm-hmm. He was causing a lot of things to happen. Um, at my job where basically he was shaking me up okay. um, because he did not for once want me to get any type of comfortable in that position. Because, um, again, I was doing data entry and I could handle, you know, kind of like my work when my CNPR work, that is, 
when I was at my nine to five. Yeah. But he was just shaking some things up, um, putting some opportunities in, in my, you know, you know, in my um, in my path where I'm like, man, I can't do it because I have to be at work. I already called out here, already left early here so I could, you know, handle this event or take care of this press tour. And um, I was crying. I was crying like every other day because I was just like, this is not my life. This mm-hmm. is not my end all. Like, God, please help me. And you, I need and you to were on 30. Job. You're like, this is not it. I didn't sign up for this. I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, that was at 30 when I had like the, you know, the rock bottom and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, so what was that? 30, cause I'm 32 now. 31 is when I left my job. Mm-hmm. So in the, the latter months, that's when I was like crying a lot. I was looking for um, a new job and I wasn't getting the callbacks. Um, because they said I didn't have agency experience. So for anyone who is um, in PR, they understand that term. So agency experience is like, did you work, you know, like Ketchum, Ogilvy, um, even MSL, Porter Novelli, 5WPR. They want you to have some agency experience. But I'm like, I don't have the experience. However, I've done the same things that your junior publicists have done plus mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Um so that was frustrating and just all signs were just pointing to Candace. This is the time. This mm-hmm. is the time. He started to bless me with clients who could um, afford my retainer fee, mm-hmm. monthly retainer fee. And I even talked to my mommy about it. And she said, well, now she's a recruiter. So her whole mo- model was like, never leave a job until you have another one. Right. Yeah, You know, the parents, um, they, they don't want you just jumping out there with no with no boat. Right. However, I was surprised. She said, I support you. Mm. She's always been my number one fan. But for her to actually say, like, I support you, knowing I now have my own apartment. (laughs) And (laughs) DC. (laughs) And, you know, and um, so she said, you know, I support you. I've seen the struggle. I've seen what you've wanted to do throughout the years. And so I, I got her blessing. And at that point, I said, look, I don't care what anybody else says. Really, I think only on one hand, mm-hmm. like five people probably knew what what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of people didn't even know and put I put until I put up um, maybe a four square type of thing of saying this is my last day leaving Fox or whatever this building. Um, but only like five people knew what I was doing because you can't tell everyone what you're doing because especially with that when you do want to take that step of leaving as people look at it as a uh, cushion of your nine to five, mm-hmm. um, they're going to be, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about insurance? What are you going to do about the money? And it's all these questions that you're already asking yourself and it doesn't help that someone else is asking you about it yeah. because it's, it's, it's going to deter you on what you might've made up your mind. And then you talk to three other people and then you're like, you know what? Nope, not going to do it. Maybe next year, maybe next year. And it's just, um, if not now, then, then when, Mm-hmm. I felt like if I did not do it, I was going to miss the boat for me mm-hmm. and that the the momentum that I was feeling inside of me, um, the fire that I had inside of me was going to go out, was going to oh, fizz wow. out. So I had I had to do it. And it was June 5th, uh, 2015, that I put in my two weeks notice. June 19th was my last day. And June 20th, which actually eight years to that day was the day that I started my business, mm-hmm. okay, eight years ago in Love Nightclub. 
is <laughs> my first day as an official full-time entrepreneur. And I was on a plane to Atlanta. Wow. That's, that's a For, journey right yeah. there. Eight years yeah. hard work. And then you finally get a chance. So it was never, it was never, um, of course you had the idea. You've been working on it, working on it, working on it, working on it, but it took mm-hmm. eight years mm-hmm. to be able to, mm-hmm. and that's, that's powerful in that. So um, that story, I don't even have to unpack that. That's powerful in itself. And I do want to, before we get into the, the next round, I have two more questions. I want to ask, um, how, what was that first year like in business? Because as an entrepreneur, that, the, those, that first year is so special for entrepreneurs, good and bad. Like, what was your first year like on your own? And I know you actually, you're still in it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what's the first six um, months been like? Okay. So yeah, I'm still in it. And it's been so exciting. It's been super exciting. I, I don't know how else to explain it. I've never traveled so much, um, you know, in my life. And especially like last week of I was in L.A. and then I was home for maybe like 24 hours and I was on a train going to New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm going to Tampa this weekend, Saturday. Then a week and a half later after that, I'll be going back to Florida, but to Orlando with Miss Black USA to Walt Disney World for the Dreamers Academy. Mm-hmm. And it's just been a whirlwind. I, I mean, I... Sit in, sit in on meetings or conference calls that I have during the day, and I'm like, wow, this is pretty awesome. I can set up a conference at 12:30 in the afternoon with someone. Oh, oh man, you make me um, jealous right now, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just it's a it's an amazing feeling. It's such a blessed feeling that I get up in the morning, and if I want to work from my bed, I I can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, if I want to pack up everything and walk around the corner to the local coffee shop. It's called Bump and Grind. They have free Wi-Fi and work for a couple hours and have my hot chocolate and a croissant. I can do that. I can I can have a different office every other day if I wanted to. And it's a, it's an absolute blessing and I don't take any of it for granted. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why I do talk about my faith a lot. And it's because it has been my faith. And even, even throughout... You know, like the the six months of being an entrepreneur, there have been times with other clients. I'm just like, oh man, Ooh, do I keep them on? Like, what you know, what are you gonna do? Or I don't know. For some reason, you feel like uh, maybe a little tight on a situation, but you know, this check is coming in, this check is coming in, but you need the money right there. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you do have extra things that do come up. Um, just like I went downstairs two days ago, and my car would not would not click over it absolutely completely dead okay mm-hmm. and i'm like man is it my battery again because i just had that thing put in in october mm-hmm. so i had to spend like four hours dealing with the whole debacle of them getting a tow truck to come down to my building because um we have a garage under my building mm-hmm. so they're asking me, well what's the clearance i don't know you guys sent a tow truck yeah. like three months ago mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know? know like don't ask me i'm paying you <laughs> So, you know, so you still, you know, you know, deal with um, what these surprises. Right. But it's life Mm -hmm. and it's not always going to be perfect. You always have little things that are going to be thrown at you. But I actually do think sometimes that's the enemy uh, because they're going to test you what your reaction is going to be. Because I will tell you this um, in October, when that happened to me, I absolutely freaked out. I was like, what? It was almost like a woe is me type of moment. Mm -hmm. Why is this happening? What am I going to do? I need my car. I need to get to these meetings and blah, 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 blah. 
And I totally just, you know, I kind of wanked out. This time when it happened, I said, well, all right. I didn't even call Geico immediately. Got myself together, cooked myself some breakfast. <laughs> and, you know, I got myself straight and I said, all right, I'll call them now. Call some people, say, hey, car won't start. We got to take this to a conference call. Can't meet you in person. We have to shift this over here. Totally fine, can I just, you know, want you good. Just let me know. Mm-hmm. And it was just my reaction of things. So it's 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 going to be a bumpy road, naturally, uh, when you do take that leap of faith. But let me tell you, you're just going to be proud of yourself that every day uh, you get through that day, a successful day, you have to look at it. And everything of your progressing of your business, of you as an individual, whether you're a man or woman, because it does change you as an individual. And I've always said, even before... Um, uh, became like a full-time entrepreneur that I was always going to hustle. If I had, if I knew I was getting like $10,000 a month, right. Mm-hmm. From, you know, my clients, I'm always going to hustle. Like I can't pay my bills the next month. Mm. You always. have to get yourself in that mentality. And some people don't understand that. Um, it's too overwhelming for them. So being an entrepreneur is not for everybody. So I want to stress that. To the listeners as well, actually, is that it's not for everyone. And that is completely fine. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about being a full-time one. If you just, you know what, I can't even fathom just doing it full-time and maybe a client pulls out the last minute because something happened, that's fine. Stay, you know, your nine to five and, and then work on your balance with your side hustle. It may still be your passion, but it's kind of like your side hustle. You just have to work out the balance with that. But it's not, it's not for everybody. It's not for the weak. Um, and it's because it is a serious hustle. Okay. My mind is always going. Um, sometimes I have to rest during the day because I'm always thinking, I'm always thinking what I can do for this client. Um, thinking about this new campaign that I have to start pushing out for this women's conference, just every, everything, you know, fashion, fashion, indie fashion week is coming up. I need to secure some, um, TV appearances for my client. So all of that is going on in my head. So you just constantly, you're on the go. So it's been a whirlwind experience. I would not trade it for the world. Um, But it's not, it's not for everybody though. It's not, it's not, it can be, um, you're basically, it's like a hundred plus hours a week. Um, I keep Late hours, sometimes I'm up to three, four o'clock in the morning um, doing sickening. work. That's sickening. But that's, that's hey, this life you chose and that's how, that's, that is what it is. That's a part of your journey, yeah. part of your story. <laughs> you got to own it. So the last question is, if you know, knowing what you know now, though, knowing what you know now, would you tell yourself anything different five years ago? Oh, um, uh, well, I, I would say, um. Maybe like on the financial side, mm-hmm. you know, like really do pay attention to having a savings account. Um, but again, I don't, I don't think I would. And it's because I am who I am in this space right now mm-hmm. because I did have those hiccups. Yeah, I did have to deal with those snakes and why I look at people a certain way when I first meet them. Um. You know, because you, everyone has a motive, as mm-hmm. you know, and you just have to you have to look at people, you know, differently. You know, especially as a woman, <laughs> as a black woman in in business, especially in entertainment. Yeah. Because um, your name, 
your name is all that you is all that you have. Yeah. And um, people need to to realize that. I've heard so many horror stories and I'm proud to say you, you can't say that about me. And, I'm and I worked I worked hard for that. I'm like, no, anything. And because, you know, when you go into clubs and you want to negotiate, you know, the, the bar or getting the venue, Sometimes they're looking at you like, oh, well, hey, sweetie. Nope. My name is Candace. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't try to don't don't. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Nah. Yeah. So as we transition to um, the present day, great, great, great intro and great because that's that's always the meat of the podcast. But the present day. Um, and in this, we're going to talk about present day and some how to's real quick, but explain to our audience, what do you do now? Like, what does the day to day look like? Cause I hear buzz terms like PR, but now I realize multimedia PR is a lot different. Cause I had season one, a friend of mine, Ashley Williams, she's, she used to um, be, live in DC and work for USA Today and whatnot. She was in that field of, of, of journalism and mass communications. But so what is a day like, okay, you work with a lot of different clients, you work in a lot of different industries right now what does the day look like for you um okay so yeah no day is is the same Mm -hmm. um, but i actually love it love it that way and um so i get up in the morning it really depends i don't even have a set time i probably should be getting up like every day like at 7 30 in the morning but i admit i don't sometimes it's 8 30 9 o'clock it is what it is Um, if you up (laughs) till one two three four then you you can do that Right. And that's the thing people are asking me, well, how do you, how do you get your sleep? Do you ever sleep? I'm like, please believe I get my sleep. (laughs) Sometimes it it might come during the day where I have to take a nap to kind of make up for the lost hours prior. Uh, But I definitely need to get my sleep in. Um, But my day is so wake up whenever I wake up in the morning, really the latest, maybe like nine, nine 30. And I turn over and I, I have two phones and, um, I look at my notifications, Instagram and everything, and on my on my BlackBerry. Yes, I still have a BlackBerry. That is my baby right there. Um, I check my I check my email right there, mm-hmm. and from my bed, and I see if there's anything you know really urgent that I need to respond to, um, either from my team of interns that I have or from a client. Um, and then I open up my passion planner. Uh, I love planners. I adore my passion planner. My life is in my passion planner. And uh, I see what I have coming up. Now, um, I also do look at my passion planner before I do go to sleep, because if I do have any, say, like conference calls in the morning, I really do need to make sure that I do have a cut off time mm-hmm. of staying up late because I need to be on that conference call. Say if it's at like nine o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, look in my passion planner again and, you know, see uh, what my day is going to be like. And then that's when I get on my laptop, go to my desk, you know, go to my living room get on my laptop and um, and just start really combing through everything. Um, with certain clients, I do have certain clients that I will work on. Um, sometimes it is the balancing of the work. Um, I actually still deciding if, if I should devote, let's say on a Monday, I'll work for these two clients where I'm just working on stuff for them. And then the next day it's say the other three clients. Mm-hmm. Um, but really NPR really doesn't, I want to be able to do that. But it's just something where you are multitasking the entire day. And um, so that can be like tiresome. Um, But that's really what my day is like. I try to have um, meetings in the afternoon. And um, I really don't like to do anything in the evening because I need to have that open for any events or any spin classes that I take at Soul Cycle or Cycled, 
uh, for my workout because that's very important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of my meetings are like in the morning and conference calls in the afternoon. Um, I really try to have a lot of conference calls like on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And sometimes I can have like four hours worth of conference calls. Um, yeah, okay. so it's it's a it's just yeah, that's a, the it's nature a of the business, right? Yeah, literally every every day is is different. Yeah, but I do love the days. Like I think today I didn't have to leave the house. I don't, yeah, I didn't have to leave the house. Um, and that's 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 a great day for me because that means I really can be like glued to my laptop and and get this work pushed out in a timely manner. Because when you do have business, um, excuse me, meetings on site. If it starts at one o'clock, <clears throat> depending on where it is, you have to leave your house at twelve thirty. Get there at one. It's probably going to be like a two-hour meeting, so it takes you to three o'clock. Then you, you know you get home about three thirty-four, mm-hmm. and then you miss about like four hours of like being at your laptop, r- responding to the to the emails and getting them pushed out immediately. Um, so it's just it's just a balance, but no day is ever the same for me. Yeah, <laughs> but it's yeah. it's very very exciting. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like sounds like it sounds like it. So. How do you deal with the stress and the demands of the PR industry? Oh, how do I deal with it? Let's see. Um, you know, I talk to my mommy multiple times a day. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> how do I deal with it? Um, because, Greg, to be honest with you, that is still something that I am still working on. Mm-hmm. Um, is is being overwhelmed because sometimes it's, it's just going to happen. And that, and that's why I, I say it's mm-hmm. not for everyone. It's not for everyone. Being a full-time entrepreneur is not for everyone. And being a publicist is not for everyone because mm-hmm. you do have deadlines and everybody wants your time. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, Whoa, wait a minute. Candace needs some time to herself too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can be definitely a challenge um, but I do, you know, I love to get my nails done, you know, female. So I love to get my <laughs> nails done, uh, you know, my pedicures. So I get those like every two to three weeks. And it's just because my schedule sometimes is crazy. Um, so that's time for myself. And I try when I am, you know, sitting in the chair, she's giving me my pedicure for those maybe two hours that I'm in the nail shop mm-hmm. that I, um, I try just to, if I am on my phone, it's just because I'm looking up things that I want to read. It's I'm not handling any business. I try just to have that time for myself. Um, even when I get my eyebrows done, I go see my esthetician. And even though it's like 15 minute service, that's time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, working out, even you know, I was on my, I'm still on my, you know, my weight loss journey. Actually, I have still more weight that I want to lose. But I learned that when I started that journey, I said, oh wow, this is actually a time where I can carve out for me. Because you can't work out and have both of your phones on the floor with you. <laughs> so, you know, that was like an hour mm-hmm. that I completely, I was doing something for me. And working out, it, it helps clear your head, open up your lungs, and just makes you feel makes you feel a lot better about life. And um, you can make better decisions, I believe, after you work out. Mm-hmm. Um, pushes out a lot of the clutter. So that's how that's how I deal with it. But there are still times where... It does get overwhelming and um, it actually is very lonely. And um, I know it may sound crazy, um, like lonely, but you're in entertainment. Everybody. And well, that's the thing. Everybody thinks they know you. And um, so sometimes it it can just just be lonely. You just want to be, you know, in your in your space. I actually shared an article on Facebook yesterday about the extra 
extroverted, introvert, extrovert, introvert person. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's me. I'm very much an extrovert, but I'm an introvert as well. And it's because that's just the lifestyle that I live where I have to be on all the time. I have to have my face on, but I live for the days where I can just relax and be in my PJs and just don't worry about anything. <laughs> yeah. Nah, nah, you hit it on the head. I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs or anybody that's even, even in corporate, I mean, anybody that's really focused on being great at their task, it is kind of lonely at times because, you know, and with greatness requires a lot of focus and attention. And you can't, it's hard to focus when you're around everybody else and whatnot. So you spend a lot of time, uh, like you said, doing emails, a lot of time working on your craft, working on your craft, working on your craft, working on your business, working on your job. So mm-hmm. it does get kind of, and I mean, I'm glad that you're honest to be like, well, honest, I don't have all the answers. I ain't even, I ain't even, I don't got all the answers, but I mean, mm-hmm. of course you lean on the Lord, you lean on your support circle and just do the right. best you can. Like you said earlier in the podcast, just get through the day. Get through the day. Just get through the day. Mm -hmm. And every day is not going to be like that. You might have a whole week just like that. But just continue to get to it. And you never know what's going to come out. So I'm glad you were able to share that. Um, Mm -hmm. Question about some actionable advice. Like, So what would some actionable advice be for someone? And I'll start off with the college ranks for our college students just listening out there. Because I I reached out and I know a lot of college students in PR. And they say there's no opportunities. When somebody says something like that, to to says something like that, what would be some advice for you uh, for that college student that feels if oh I got this major and nobody's hiring? Um, because I hear all, right. it all the time. Oh. I'm like, so you mean no opportunities as in uh, uh, career wise, yeah. like when they graduate? Yeah, or? Like, yeah, or nobody's hiring. Like I have this resume, I put in all this work, but nobody's hiring my job. Nobody's hiring me to work. Uh, let's see that, that is a, that's a tough one. Um, however, I'll say this and it's because I have, um, I have a couple maybe one, um, uh, intern on my team where she actually graduated. No, actually she's a graduate of Morgan state university, Mm -hmm. um, communications, concentrations, PR, and she is doing a job that has nothing to do with media. Mm -hmm. However, that's, you know, she graduated school and she, you know, she needed a job. She had responsibilities. Um, but she knew that she still does want to get into get into that media space and wants to work at a PR company. So she basically, you know, humbled herself and she said, I want to intern with you. So what that is doing, a lot, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I graduated. I'm not a student anymore. I don't need to intern. Well, I guess, you know, my answer is that is, do you, do you want to keep yourself keep yourself relevant, mm. right? With Within your major. So she could have had the attitude, well, look, I put in my four years and you know what? It just is what it is. I'm just not, you know, working in that space, but she has time at work where she can, you know, work on the different projects that I have for her. So she's still getting that experience. It's an unpaid um, experience, but she is getting paid at this nine to five over here. So I think a lot of the times, um, People need to, and I'll just be honest with you, they need to humble themselves mm-hmm. and you really need to to think about, is this what you really want? Um, because if someone graduates communication and they can't find a job and they just know by this date, I need a job. 
I'm not going to say take any job, but take a job where, you know, if you are at a computer, that's great because that means you can still do, you can kind of still search and do whatever you need to do Mm -hmm. to find those internships so you can stay relevant. So you can get that experience under even more experience under your belt than you have in school. So um, I don't agree when I hear. I wish you could have saw my face where you said there's no opportunity. No opportunity. We look at like, bro, what do you because, mean? Because um, I, it's very frustrating when I hear that, and it's because I've always been that person that if it's not there, I've created it. Mm-hmm. I literally have. If I see that there's not a certain event in the area, or I'm like, well, I'll just do it myself. Let's see who I can work with, who I can collaborate to make this to make it happen. Yeah. Uh, where there's a void. So there is always opportunity. You you have to go looking for it. It's not going to come magically out of the sky and just drop right into your lap. So don't look at it and don't be discouraged. I will say that. Don't be discouraged. Um, and also, you know, if you um, if you can't find a job at, say, that Porto Novelli, call up there and find someone who is the director. Get on LinkedIn. Do your research. Do the work. Do the research. And say, you know what? I applied, but they said I didn't have whatever it is, the cause and just say, but I would love to volunteer. Mm-hmm. I would love to, you know, if you have any events, I would love to be considered as a volunteer because why you're going to be um, around that, uh, the other, co- the other employees of that Porto Novelli get to know um, the director, uh, follow those like-minded individual individuals on social media. Um, Amen. Like, go look at the hashtag. Look at, okay, I'm looking at you. Yes, I yes. want to see who you're following, who you're interacting yes. with. And then I'm liking everything. I'm I'm, I'm going in. I'm sliding in DMs. Why are we just sliding in DMs with relationships? We need to slide in DMs to get jobs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, there's always, and I say all that, there's always opportunity. And you hit and on that. There's always opportunity you make you make a way for yourself. If this is what you truly want to do, whatever industry it is, anybody who wants to get in hospitality or whatever it is, you make that that road for you and it will happen. Yeah. And I think you are a testament to that because for all those say there's no opportunity, you know how many artists, musicians, speakers or anybody out there that are trying to get more exposure? Like you can go online. There's so many trying to get more exposure to have no, they don't know what PR is. They don't know how to do it. And you walking around saying, I have no opportunity. Like how many, especially for those that go to HBCUs, how many rappers, you know, on campus, right? Or how many Mm -hmm. people, you know, that's making music or, and honestly, PR is about, it's bigger than that. Even you can be PR for your professors or trying to work on like, or or PR for campus activities. Like there's so many opportunities right (sighs) there. I'm so glad (laughs) you, you actually uh, brought that up. Because that's the thing. I know that you, you know, know what's going on in campus. All, all the, the the football games or whatever. Mm-hmm. Go to the go to the media to the promotions, and you know, say, well, guys, can I volunteer? What what can I do? Mm-hmm. And that's why I said people have to humble themselves and not always look for the money. Don't ever chase the money. Mm, you hit it. On I know that. I know that sounds crazy, right? Because everybody's like, wait a minute, I want to make money. Don't chase the money. You keep doing what you're doing. Keep your head down. Stay focused. Work hard. And that money is going to be chasing you. Mm, Amen. Amen. On that note, on that note, before we end up this round, how did you, when you first started off, how did you market your services? Because that's a big thing for business. You know, you know how the industry is. You know how just entrepreneurship is in itself. Like, how did you go out 
booking or getting your first paid client? Ah, mm-hmm. uh, let's see, let's see. Well, I, I started on MySpace, and of course, I um, someone told me about Twitter. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, I said, well, my company is Candace Nicole Public Relations, so we'll call it Candace Nicole PR. Um, so I started with that branding right there. So everything became Candace Nicole PR. Um, I'm, I'm trying to, I think I met the guy who did my first website, um, on Twitter. I, I think he was, I consider him one of my, you know, OG followers <laughs> and, you know, he put together, you know, my, um, you know, my website was my old logo and everything. And, um, I think I just actually Googled of what a PR <laughs> website should look like. I looked at some other, you know, small, like boutique firms. And that's the thing. If you want to um, you know, start like a boutique firm, you look at like businesses, right? Just mm-hmm. like if you want to become this amazing R&B singer, you're going to look up other amazing R&B singers. You're going to want to be around those like-minded individuals um, and not just in a national space, but in the local space as well. So I did my research and I sent it to him. And of course he made my website. Um, but then of course I, you know, I talked about my services on, on Facebook Um what else? I did a lot of free work. And let me say this. I did a lot of free work for maybe like a year and a half. Oh, you did um, it for a year and a half? Yeah, I think like a year and a half of like not getting paid. Uh-huh. And that was fine because, you know, by the, the year and a half, everybody in this area knew who I was. Mm. Because they would see the work that I was doing for my clients. Dominating the niche. Yeah. So, And that's the, that's why like to this day when people think about like, Music PR, they go to me first. I'm not saying that to toot my own horn, but that's what I set out to do, and that's what I did. I wanted to dominate this industry, especially in the African-American community, mm-hmm. of I was the go-to person. You have to go through Candace, CNPR, <laughs> if you need anything, entertainment, That that's what, and I'm still operating in that space. I want to become that hub where everybody like comes through me or reaches out to me to be on a host committee or just even advice or, Hey, what about the venues in the area? I wanted to, to be that individual. Uh Um, so yeah, so that's how I started to, to market my services. And I think, I don't know. I just think, you know, as you know, that year and a half, I said, okay, I know what I'm doing. I know I've been able to, you know, produce, uh, these results for my clients. And then I just came up with the, with the fee. I had to research that as well, mm-hmm. but then I had to keep, you know, keep in mind, I'm only like a year and a half in, so I can't quote somebody like $3,500, $5,000 a month because I'm <laughs> still, still a newbie. And of course, I still had my nine to five. Mm-hmm. So I always, you know, kept kept that in mind too. Uh, but then I just, I just did it. You just did and it, it didn't matter if I didn't have any clients for like a while. Uh, I wasn't going to be doing any other free work, um, but it's, but I decided I got to that point where I said, okay, I have this, I have this, um, what is it? I have um, all these placements over here online, or I've got this client on this TV show. I'm good. I have the proof that if you work with me, I produce results. And that's what it was. Mm. So yeah, you, you will have to put in, you know, free work. And a lot of people don't agree with that, but you have to, because I'm not just going to hire anybody just and not knowing what you can do. Yeah. So you have, you have to prove yourself. 
Yeah, yeah, no, you hit it. And plus, honestly, that, that year and a half, it helped you refine your craft, refine your craft, refine your craft. And mm-hmm. I know you're still refined to this day, but um, we did, you didn't share this quote, but I really think it's important to be a lifelong learner because I know you talked about it earlier, but that lifelong learning piece is so key. Like four years, so what? Degree don't matter. Lifelong learner. I mean, you have some. Oh, yeah. So we can, that's a whole other podcast for a whole other day, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the last. So everyone, everyone listening in, what Greg is talking about is actually shared a quote that I always say when I speak to college students is always remain a student. Mm, and, that's- and I learned, I said something to someone yesterday. I'm like, oh, I just learned something new. You learn something new every day. You do. When you think about it, you do. Whether you learn about a new show, um, a new article that they have out, you learn something new every day. Um, but in in whatever your industry is, you have to remain a student. Mm-hmm. Don't ever think that you know everything. <laughs> Don't ever think that you know everything because um, that is that will be your downfall. I will tell you that. When you start to, to, to walk around like, you know, everything under the sun about the tech world and everything under the sun about... PR, marketing, advertising, that will be your your downfall because that means you are not tuned in to all of the new folks that are coming into your industry. Why? Because you think you know everything. Mm-hmm. I don't need to learn that. I know everything already, but you don't because it's always evolving. And that's the thing. I do that all the time with my company. I'm just always trying to freshen it up. What, what uh, other app do I need to download on my phone or uh, what other website do I need to start looking looking at? What are the events do I need to start going to? Because I need to get my face into the to the younger folks that are right out of college. Because why? I want them to look at me, yeah. and I want them to come to me for for that advice. So you always have to remain remain a student in this thing called life. <laughs> Three quick questions. So the first one is: What's next for you in 2016? Um, I definitely would say a lot more traveling mm-hmm. um, for my clients, for, for any events. Um, the sky is the limit. You know, I did my vision board for six months and really it was just about really quotes, um, things that I, you know, need to look at. I didn't want to overwhelm myself by doing a vision board for an entire year because yeah, by lot. June, <laughs> my vision, you know, could possibly uh, change mm-hmm. um, of what I want for myself and for my business. And um 2016, I would definitely, I feel great by saying traveling um, and adding um, more, uh, I would say maybe like a mini staff. I have, you know, interns, but I would love to to bring on maybe like one or two people mm-hmm. that would be on payroll. Of course, it would depend on, you know, the clients that I, that I bring in. Um, but definitely just continuing to to build the brand really with, with CMPR. Yeah, and, and create that whole agency movement. So I'm with it, I'm with it, I'm with it. Um, who do you look up to? Like, who, or, or do you have any mentors and who do you look up to? Because I know I get a lot of very, very successful people at an early age on this episode. And it's like, who do you look up to? Who do I look Okay, so in general, or you do you mean like um, in, the, in, the, in the business? In general. Well, my mommy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. I look up to her. She is a phenomenal woman. And if, you know, I become half the woman um, that she is, I will be satisfied. And it's because she sacrificed a lot. That is how I learned about hard work. And 
being resilient and not taking no for the first answer, doing mm-hmm. the research um, was from my mom. She uh, was a single parent. Uh, you know, she had me at a young age at 25, was divorced at like 27, was a single parent. And she she made do. I had any and everything that I wanted, probably more than what I needed at the time. And she just she provided for me and she sacrificed so much. So I definitely look um, look up to my mom uh, for that. And that is also why uh, I do work so hard, because I want to have those times where I can just call my mom and say, hey, just give me a month notice. I need you to take off this day at work. You know, we're going to Miami. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't wait till I can um, do that for her. As far as business of who I look up to, uh, her name is Karen Austin. Mm-hmm. She is known as the advertising diva. She has an um, advertising and marketing company based in DC, and, and she is phenomenal. Um, she's been amazing to me of speaking, um, you know, the truth of, upon my life and, and my business. Another one is uh, Kat. She owns Lil Soso Productions, also known as LSP, which is a uh, you know all woman run marketing uh, company. She's very much a mentor. She's like a big sister, big sister to me. Uh, she's always kept it real, and she's she's always been a cheerleader of mine and me of hers, of course. But it's been such a blessing working with her. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to say, and also, you know what? It's it's heavily, you know, with females. They are based in D.C., but I actually just put something on Facebook where I said Ryan Seacrest oh, is man. a. He's- mentor in my head Mm -hmm. and he's the first male that i actually admitted that i would say he's like a mentor in my head that man is such a creative he is everywhere and he does it so swiftly i mean with average talent like i just you know he has his own suit line you know it's just he was on the carpet somebody said hey it's a great suit Who's that by? He opened up his suit jacket. It said Ryan Seacrest. Okay, like Man, he doesn't get enough love and respect from um, no from from people, especially my. my I mean, because he's look his bio look his wikipedia up like look yep. read a document a documentary on this guy man he's he's really mm-hmm. the blueprint of a guy mm-hmm. that that with average talent i will say his taverns island to me i mean of course i like greg who are you to say that but it, 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 he's he don't jump off the page but his work right. ethic and his way he just moved yep. his career and the people he's followed the gregory like come on like yep. <sighs> Man, just, just he's the blueprint, yeah. and, I, and I love the I love how you mentioned him. He's not black, but he's getting it out here. He is, so that's that's I love how, I love that. Yes, yeah, so that's time, another thing. I don't want people to think something to think that you know you're African American. You have to have African American you know mentors, whether you know male or female. Absolutely not. Mm. Um, because at the end of the day, I you know people say I don't see color. I don't see that. I see how this man is working. Okay, because I always speak about do the work. And he has done the work. He's continued to do the work. I was looking at him. What was it? Was it on the Grammys? I think it was on the Grammys. Yeah, it was on the Grammys. And um, Sunday, and that's when I looked at him. I said, you know what? You're like a mentor in my head. I said, because you asked me the question about how do you deal with being overwhelmed? Mm -hmm. Ask that question to him. (laughs) Because he does so much his radio show executive producers on these reality shows and everything else under the sun that he probably does he probably has a hotel somewhere and 
mm-hmm. a whole bunch of other stuff that we don't even know about. <laughs> Let's go to the no, last- no, no. It's it's fine. I'm glad that you brought that up because I I am very I don't. It's very frustrating for me because I'm also, I'm very open with my knowledge. I don't see how it's just going to benefit me just staying in my head. Mm-hmm. So why not share it with you? That's why I love if people want to talk to me about what I do. I get excited because I can tell you guys exactly what I do, what my day is. And this is not for everybody. I know mm-hmm. people probably don't agree that I do share that with everybody. No, it's it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what it looks like, but they see, cause they see the end result on anything like with an event, but you didn't get the phone call two hours ago where the host said, Hey, I'm sick. I can't host. And I had to go in my phone and hit up all my people in radio and say, Hey, can you host it? And someone came through for me. Mm-hmm. That really happened to me years ago. Mm-hmm. And it probably happens people to you all the time. And it people don't, they don't see that. They just see the end result. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. But with the sharing, yes, people have to share and don't be so, um, I, I maybe they think, Okay, let me just say this. Be secure. Learn how to be secure in your own relationships, you know, business relationships. That it doesn't matter if you share the contact to the Kia over here, you know, dealership where you got the car from, mm-hmm. because you are solid in in that in that space with that individual. I think a lot of people think, well, if I give the information to them, then they're going to take over and they're going to forget about me. No, just learn a little bit about my, a little bit more about yourself and about your follow up and how mm. you keep your grass watered on that side, right? Because mm, that's like what that. things are. People, they want to hop to the next garden or whatever. Yeah, because you're not watering the one that you're in right now. Mm, you hit on it. You hit on it. You hit on it. Hit on it. And then I'm going to add one more thing. We're going to get to the next one because recently um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a speaker. You might can put me in the motivational speaker box, but I'm a professional speaker. And a friend of mine, he just got a gig for... $8,000 to do a one-day training, one-day gig, easy gig. So the old wow. myself, when I was immature, I would have been hating. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm better than him. How are you getting this gig? 8000 for like mm-hmm. a couple hours. But new me, mature me is like, yo, that's my boy. If he kill it, I love it. Because if he kill it, next year they don't have the same speakers. So it's like, oh, Greg, put me on. Boom. You got to think like that. If, if you have a friend that's in PR and she get a great client and she killing, she killing, she killing, she can only have but so many clients. And they're going to mm-hmm. be like, well, who do you refer? And if you were that friend that was salty on the sidelines, not showing no love or not really not really investing, like when they tell you about the new client, if you really won't like excited, if you were hating, they're not going to refer. They're not going to reference you. So it's like mm-hmm. when you see a person that's in your industry that is killing it, you that, that's love. You would get excited, get excited, yeah. reach out. How, how can you add value to them? Because guess what? At the end of the day, if you're that good, your bandwidth is only going to be but so good. So somebody's going to there, there's going to be a time where they cannot handle that work. When, and, and if mm-hmm. you're that person that was always positive, always supportive. You're going to get that work. And it ain't about you. Like, I mean, if, if, if you're winning, I'm winning. And I think once our mm-hmm. society really gets that, like really believes it, everybody. Really oh, my goodness. Oh, you really I'm sorry. You really hit it. What you said when you're winning, I'm winning. And it's because I have this it's, and I just have it on a digital space right now. It's actually called She Wins, I Win. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's a whole nother, I guess, show as well. But basically, that's what it is. When you see a woman winning, you're winning, too. Like, why are you mad about that? Celebrate that woman and publicly celebrate her. Publicly. I want women to start 
operating and publicly celebrating their girlfriends. You saw that she got that prom- um, that promotion on Facebook. So why are you sending her that text message? No one sees it. <laughs> publicly <laughs> celebrate her. Really, it happens. Publicly put it on your page. Shout out to my girl, Sarah. She got her promotion at BET or whatever. You know what I mean? Like publicly celebrate her. That is a win for you. You might as well say you you in the BET building too. She's winning and you, you are winning. Um, so I love that you you said that. That can go for for anyone, actually. But yeah, mm. you have to support individuals. You have to. I love it. I love it, man. See, we didn't, we didn't hit the next gear in this interview, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. So um, the last question this round, then we're going to get to the, the rapid fire round is, um, and I hate to go 100 to zero real quick, but um, how would you want to be remembered when it's all said and done? Mm, that... That I was the woman that made it happen. Like, whatever it is. Yeah. Candace makes it happen. She always made it happen for me. Um, of course, if you want to go, like, more in depth, um, just a person that has a big heart. Um, I love hard. And I always want to see the best in everyone. I think sometimes I always um, see more in individuals than they see of themselves. And that's when it gets... It's frustrating for me because I feel like I'm fighting for you more than you're fighting for your own self. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just want to be remembered, like, you know, within my industry as like, because that's the thing. Someone asked me, you know, how long do I want to do PR? And I'm like, well, as long as I feel that I have a passion for it, that I have a burning <laughs> for it. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, you know, it may be 10 years and I'm like, all right, guys, I'm going to transition to this over here. I don't know. Um, but I want folks to, when I think of CNPR, they were um, that boutique agency that made things happen. Like they just, they did. Mm. So, yeah, I love yeah. it. I love that. It just, it's just, a, it's bigger than you. It's bigger than you. So we're going to. Oh, trans- oh this, none of this is about me. None yeah. of this is about me. It's, it's, it's not. And people, they get confused with that too. They think it's I, I, I. And yeah, you're the one doing the work. But it has nothing to do with you. That's it's, it's for every everyone else. This work that I do is to inspire um, other women, right? Mm-hmm. You want to break it down more? Other Black women. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to inspire my cousins that, wow, I have a cousin who's an entrepreneur. She runs her, her business like full time. I want them to talk about that in classes or in conversation to anyone. If they happen have a random conversation. Oh yeah, well my cousin owns her own business. I want them to be proud of that. Mm. So it's not, it's not about me. Yes. It's you that does the work. So everyone else around you, it's, it's bigger. It's bigger than you. How are you going to have this ripple effect around the world? How are you going to touch other people? I guess that's my question as well. How are you going to touch other people? So we're going to transition into the last round as a series where I ask five questions and you got um, rapid, rapid fire, rapid answer questions. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yes. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Ooh, I know you said rapid. I, but yeah, I know, I know these are the deep ones. This got to go in the memory bank. Well, I know this is kind of a little, you know, never judge a book by its cover. <laughs> um. I know you're like, oh, come on. But no, it's very true. It's very true. Excuse me. That um, that is the best advice because you cannot 
especially in entertainment, anyone in entertainment, do not judge a book by its cover. You do not know who that person is standing next to you who has on the dumpy uh, sweatsuit and different color hair. They may be, may be the right-hand person to Jay-Z. The right hand. <laughs> just, and the, inter- the right hand. It's always the right hand. The right hand is the key to the key. He's yeah, you just never know. If anything, if you see people that are really dressed down or kind of dressing um, funky, those are the people that you need to know in the industry because they don't care what you think. <laughs> mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. W- what is one of your personal habits that you can contribute to your success? Mm, oh, um, uh, just uh, being a researcher, I guess, just naturally. Um, I love to uh, in- investigate maybe. Mm-hmm. That's a... <laughs> If I could say that's a that's just a personal thing about me. Um, if someone tells me uh, no, uh, you're just the wrong person. So I just need to go find the person who's going to tell me yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've just always always been like that, uh, especially if I believe in what I'm trying to pitch someone or even talk to someone about. Um, yeah, I'm a researcher, but that's just me. That's wasn't anything like I learned. That's just me. I'm very inquisitive, you know, inquisitive, and I want to know you know, what I need to know. So I'm going to do any and everything to get that answer or, you know, to get that, to get that. Yes. By any means possible. Boom. What is your legal, legally, I was saying, (laughs) what is your favorite book and why? Oh my goodness. Ooh, I have so many. I'm quite the bookworm. Yeah. You can give, if you got some deep books, there's not like people that already read, I give you three. You, You can give it three real quick, real quick. Um, well, I'm actually reading one right now, but I already know it's going to be my favorite. And it's actually called um, The Highly Paid Expert. And it's uh, turn your passion, skills, and talents into a lucrative career by becoming the go-to authority in your industry. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, it's written by Debbie Allen, not not the actor-singer. Um, Debbie Allen, who is like the expert of experts, actually. So that's one book. Um, easily will become my favorite because she's going to teach me of how to become that go-to person. And um, another one is Their Eyes Were Watching God. That is Zora Neale Hurston. Uh, let's see. I read that probably like elementary, I want to say. And um, another favorite book of mine actually comes from like elementary school was, ooh, I think it's like a 100 Stars. Under under 100 stars, I want to say. Um, those are just great, great books for me. Their eyes are watching God. That was that's a given. It's a beautiful story. It inspires you and keeps you motivated. My family. That definitely um, keeps me motivated, and it's because I want them to be proud of me at the end of the day. Um, I'm, you know, I've always been the one that went left. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a bad way, in a good way. But, you know, my whole family, you know, they're they're white collar and um, like on my mom's side. So some of them didn't understand or, you know, I'm not going to say they didn't support me, but they were like, well, Candace, what about the finance uh, side of it? And, you know, I knew they supported me, but I just knew they, you know, had some legit concerns. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it's it's really my family that. Um, motivates me and what they inspire me as well. But I would say what inspires me is, uh, I guess other people that I look up to within the industry, I guess, of because it's showing me that it is possible, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, that, um, that definitely makes sense. That's what this podcast so is So other, 
other publicists inspire me. The ones that have been doing this like five years, like full time, you know, being an entrepreneur, that inspires me. You can tell me you've been doing it three years full time and that inspires me because I know it's possible. Um, Nicole Garner, she's based in Atlanta. I think she's on like her 11th year now of being like full time entrepreneur, you know, running her own PR company. So it's almost like the years before with my business don't matter, even though they do, but it's completely different. You're moving differently when you're doing it full time. Mm -hmm. So I I actually I'm back to kind of feeling like my company is new and it's because I'm able to do it full time. But she's been doing it for like 11 years full time. That inspires me because that's telling me, Candace, it is possible. Mm, I love that answer, man. I love that. The last question is round before our last question. I know that sounds crazy, but we always have the end question we close every episode out with. But this one is, if you were the president of the United States, what is the first thing you would do? <laughs> <laughs> I know, if you're throwing it's all. Who? Oh, my goodness. Well, because I am a woman and I am a woman business owner. We're going to go to those bills about assisting women business owners. Um, but you know what? I, I don't want to shut out, shut out the guys. So you know what? I would put in, uh, I would really want to focus on entrepreneurs in the United States. Um, I still think there's not enough uh, focus that goes to those individuals um, that keep a lot of things, you know, going um, at the end of the day. A lot of people don't realize that sometimes the government, government they contract these small businesses um, to do certain work for them. So they're very much part of, part of you know, just everyday life. Uh, so I would put focus on, on that, on our, you know, on our entrepreneurs and people who aspire to be an entrepreneur and finding that funding. That's mm. a, that's a main, that's the main thing of mine. The issue is, uh, funding, especially if you're um, operating businesses where you really don't have an ROI. So if anyone listening, an ROI is your return on investment. And operating a PR business, I truly don't have this ROI. I can tell you, well, if so-and-so comes to town, I can see if I can get you into their event. But I really don't have an ROI because I don't actually have like a product, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't have like the shoe line where I could say, such and such, I'm going to sell it for this price point, And within like 12 months, I'll be able to pay you $75,000 if I'm able to sell it to this one or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I know a lot of people want to start businesses, but they don't even know where to get the funding from. So I guess being a little bit more transparent about that, uh, which I think the government does need to learn how to push that out a little bit better um, in everyone's community, just not in the black community. Um. Yeah, I would say that because I'm not going to even touch on the other political situations out there because that's just something else that I don't even want to go there. Um, but that that would be me. That would be like my main thing is okay. is that is helping the you know local business owners you know in your you know particular area. Man, yep, that, I like that answer. I like that answer, and I like, and that's the end of that round. The last question, because I call myself the culture change agent, and everybody that I bring on the show is a culture change agent in their own lane, their own niche. So, um, if you could change one thing about society, most specifically our African American culture, what would it be, and why? <sighs> if I could change one thing, what I want African Americans to know that 
you do belong in that room. Um, you do belong in that restaurant. And I say this because a lot of the times African-Americans don't believe that they belong in that room uh, that's filled with all these board members. And it's because I honestly, I think it's because because all they see are white Americans. They don't think they're, they're not going to have a voice. Um, African-Americans are very extremely smart and we do have a voice. So I want them to just, you know, go that extra, go to those different networking events. I know we talked about networking before, but go to those different networking events. You want to go to a networking event where you don't know anyone, number one. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you're going to events and you know everyone, you are not networking with anyone new. That's the whole thing with networking. You want to network with new people. Um, I would love, you know, the African. Americans to just like I said change change that mindset that well I don't belong there maybe I sh- I shouldn't be here yes you should you belong there just like anyone else you're educated <laughs> you've done the same things as as they have done you know in their career to take steps in their career that they have um, done and you belong there as well so I would love to really push for the African American African American community is to change your mindset. Mm. I love it. I yeah. love that. I love it's that. a lot more I can say with that. It's because I see it all the time. But really, it's it, start with, it starts with the mindset. So you need to go in there knowing, like, no, I do belong in here. So what if you're the only black person? Mm-hmm. You belong there just like anyone else. And you stand in your own truth about that as well. I couldn't say any better. So... <laughs> I would like to thank you from the bottom of my heart and, and, and thank you for uh, on, on behalf of my audience for giving us a lot of your time this evening. No problem. It was it was great. Like I said, I love I love talking about what I do, um, but I also love I and I hope I inspire someone. I hope I said something throughout, you know, this interview that is going to inspire someone to to take that leap. Or to maybe, you know, start getting your plan together, mm. you know, because I think you, sh- you should have a plan. Don't do it like me. <laughs> but <laughs> Where can our audience find you at? Inquire about your services, ask questions like where are you at in social media? Where are you on the web? Where can we find you at, Candace? Well, everything is under at Candace Nicole PR. Mm-hmm. And um, that is Candace with an I. Um, some people try to spell it with an A. That is the wrong way. <laughs> Uh, but no, um, Twitter and Instagram at Candace Nicole PR. Again, that's with an I on um, Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com slash Candace Nicole Public Relations. And um, my website is Candace Nicole PR.com. My email address, please feel free to email me, put in the subject line that, you know, you, you heard my interview on, the, on Greg's podcast. Excuse me. Uh, my email address is Candice, C-A-N-D-I-C-E at CandiceNicolePR.com. And I'm here. <laughs> oh, man. So y'all got access. She done gave out the email address out here. So that, <laughs> that's unprecedented. So thank you for that. So y'all have access. Any questions, any feedback, tell her you let us show um, and definitely reach out. So like I said, I appreciate you, Black Girl Magic, Candace Nicole PR, Boss Diva of DC <laughs> for giving me this time this 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 evening. And I pray that you have an amazing night and we'll catch you on the flip side. All right. Thank you so much again, Greg. This was phenomenal. So thank you. I 
truly, truly appreciate you for asking me, but also creating this platform for these amazing Black millennials that we have in the world today. Thank you so much for y'all tuning in. And like we always do it, like we always do it, like we always do it. I need you to do one thing. What is that one thing, America? That one thing? Change the freaking culture. Good night.